welcome back, guys. This is part two of our, uh, really just our thoughts about how the Lord's been speaking to us um, and how we've just been processing um, the last probably year plus of our lives. And um, Dave, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a right hook at you right off the, the bat here. Man, why do you got to do that? Because this is what I'm good at. <laughs> Stick to what you're good at. Um, and, you know... Quite frankly, like your last episode, there was heresy. And like, what if I grew up Catholic? And that's, that's what I believe. That's what I think. Go to church, say confessions. You know, I need a priest to help me pray. I need to talk to him. Those are things that I enjoy. Mm. And quite frankly, the stuff (laughs) that you just said, I'm not okay with. Yeah. That doesn't work for me because I'm Catholic. Okay. I would lean it. I would bring it back to, to this. It's what you and I believe, right? It's true. We said the Bible is true, mm-hmm. right? Where does it say in the Bible that that's, that's how we need to do things? You know, according to Catholicism, mm-hmm. what you were just talking about. There's a difference between Christianity and Catholicism, and that's something that we very much got to get got to get right, right, right away out out in, the, in into our listeners. Is mm-hmm. that there is a difference? Yeah. Some people will look and they say, "No, like we believe that you know Christ, that Christ died." Yeah, but there's a there's a, there's a difference between the two. Mm-hmm. There, the, the, Catholicism is a religion. Um. I will tell you that, and from and best way I put it, people will put the label that Christianity is a religion, but Christianity is a way of life. It's a it's a it's a change. There's a difference between the two. You're saying I'm I'm a Christ follower, a Christ follower when you're saying you're believing Christianity. When you Catholicism is a way of doing things, um, and it's not, but. Obviously, there's there's some basis that we can say that we look and go. Okay, there's some basis of what they're trying to say with within Christian of uh, following Christianity. But reality of it is, is it, it's a it's a religion, <laughs> and we can go into multiple topics on that with Mormonism and um, Jehovah Witnesses. We can go into all that and having having this conversation like that. But reality of it is, is we gotta say that if we say the Bible is true. And we say what God has commanded us to be and how we should be. That all of that, what we just talked about when it comes to, oh, I need to confess to a priest or I need to pray to Mary and that. um, Yeah, it might be difficult for some of our listeners to say, but that was never commanded for us to do. And so if we're saying Catholicism is based off of also reading the Bible, then there's some different parts of the Bible that saying nowhere did it say that that's what we should do. Um, so that kind of being said, and I, you know, we were talking um, in our last episode where I said choosing people over programs, mm-hmm. right? And then I want to kind of turn it back to a little bit within our, our military, uh, some of our military listeners. Yep. There is a soft truth that's out there, and something there's been some reading that I've been, I've been doing. And there's there's a soft truth, and you've heard this before. Where they say it's human over hardware, right? You choose human over hardware. Yeah. Hardware can only get you so far, and it can only do some stuff, and you have to really choose the human aspect of, of things because the human's going to get you farther. Um, 
A way, another way I've heard it before, and some other things I've heard is you choose character over experience. Character is going is the deep broodness of it. Experience you can always teach, but you're not going to be able. And we've heard these principles or these values, right? And the one that we were talking about in our church actually uses that one is they say choose people over programs. But it's a value. But how do you align to that culture and that principle of that of lining that of choosing people? over programming um and i think when you talk about catholicism excuse me and going back to that is the way that that is it's, a, it's really a program it's not really choosing people it's a program and there was there's a lot of other things behind catholicism that we're not going to get into under here but there's a lot of things that were created traditionally to benefit the, the church in itself mm. or the church organization in itself. And so there was an establishment of order that was created um, and traditionally has been passed down generation to generation to benefit more of the church, not the people. And so what has happened was is the program became more important than the people. The church existed in the early church and the early Catholic church was what in way that they raised money in way you were supposed to pay tithe and uh, way that that was supposed to happen was to give and help the poor in the wit and to, and then so uh, somewhere around you know so it started changing and so that's the kind of things that you know we have to look at and go th there's a line where eventually it, it starts to change and changing um so that's kind of where i want to go with this next piece of that um is what does that look like of how do you choose people over program or mm. methods of how things are done. Mm. Your thoughts on that, Ashton? Man, before I dive into that, I think I definitely, definitely think you should go back to what you were saying at the beginning. Yeah, specifically. Before why I dive into yeah. it, was heresy. <laughs> yeah. So, to answer my own question, I want to say this, and that is. You know, I have heard lots of people say, you know, oh, uh, I need, you know, I miss confession. I need to go do confession or, um, you know, I miss church and, you know, uh, I really need to go to church or, um, you know, kind of. Any of those kind of fill in the blanks, if you will. Oh, I missed volunteering this week. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't get an opportunity. Yeah. I, I, I didn't do my good deed of I needed to go and serve in in the in children's ministry. Right. Yeah. You know, I will say this. When we test things across all, we'll just say in general, like in business or products or technology, we test we test and look for results. And this is my personal this is my personal belief this is my personal uh, experience that going to church on Sunday and doing the youth group and doing my volunteer work as a routine or something that I felt was necessary for me to get somewhere um, didn't work for me. And I know for me and for my walk and for my faith that I believe that because of the gift that I've received from Jesus and salvation, then I now out of his love for me and 
my love for him, those things are now easy and things I want to do because of the relationship I have with him. And I can tell you that before that, going to church and being like, oh, I feel great. This is wonderful. And then jumping in my car and getting in traffic. And now all of a sudden thinking thoughts or saying things that are completely terrible is contrary to the way I process things now. Where I now have this, you know, faith and this Holy Spirit that resides in me that I take with me where, wherever I go. And it is allowing me to live in an entirely different way. And out of that faith and through the strength of the Holy Spirit, I want to do these things. And it's not routine. It's not a, it's not a, a set things. And it's not things I have to, almost wickets I have to make in order to get somewhere. Because I know that those quote-unquote wickets, Jesus has already done all those things. He's already paid the ultimate price for me. And so now I get to serve him because of what he did for me. And I think those are two very different ways of, of thinking and processing. And I think once you make that distinction, either you're a Christ follower who believes that Jesus has done everything for you, or you believe that you have to do certain things in order to attain, attain salvation or to get somewhere. Once you make that distinction, that will be very helpful for you. And then, again, I'm going to say in every episode, you have to decide whether what this Bible says is truth or not. And that are you going to live by it and are you going to study it? If you can make those two decisions, I think you will come to some very, very life-changing uh, thoughts and, and, and processes. Um, so that's how I, would, how I would address that question that I... I put to you. Um, but as far as humans and hardware, um, this is one of, I'm so glad you brought this up because we have to, we have to really as believers, I think we have to get back to that, which is our job is to ultimately help people see that they need a, they need a savior, and that. Um, but they need a savior, and that the and see the true glory of God. Absolutely. Yes. 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 Exactly. Um, and I just believe that the best way to go about that is helping people understand the the personal relationship with Jesus. Peace. I really do. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a book Francis Chan wrote. It's called Letters to the Church. And in there, he talks about, um, you know, basically saying, okay, I've had individuals who have come to my church and said, you know, I wish that the church was like this gang that I was a part of. Because I felt so connected. I felt so uh, included. I felt so protected. I felt so provided for by this gang that I never felt with the, with the church. Or what about other people who say, oh yeah, my parents ended up getting divorced or there was infidelity within my family and so I got kicked out of my church 
And my question is this. Jesus came, and, and as, as we read the, the scriptures, Jesus came for people who were sick and hurting and, and people who were broken. Well, are we more, are we more in, is it more important are the way people view the church from the outside? Or is it more that we, we provide the truth to those around us? Because quite frankly, to me, I want to be a part of the gang. I want to be a part of the body of Christ that is so accepting to people and will protect them and provide for them just because that's the same thing Jesus did for me. And so to answer your question, and I'm so passionate about it, which is we've got to think about this, guys. We've got to, we've got to really ask ourselves the question, are we doing what the scripture said to do? Are we doing what Jesus called us to do? Because quite frankly, rejection of, of people who are broken, what if Jesus had done that to us? And so, yeah, that's, it's about your brothers and sisters in faith and those who are around us who need Jesus now because they're suffering. They're down here and they're experiencing all this heartache and trials and tribulations and things they're going through right now and they need Jesus you know what's crazy about this is it's a radical shift from what feels comfortable. We have a saying um, through training when you get get uncomfortable with the with the or get comfortable with the uncomfortable, right? <laughs> right? right. And it, it's it's exactly that too. It's like it's so the comfort level is if I just do these works, if I do these certain things. Like what we were talking about with Catholicism. If I do these things, I'm good. And I'll be good. And um, things will just be great. And I shouldn't have a problem. But that's not what, you know, God was calling us to do. It's not what Jesus was calling us to do. Mm -hmm. And what it reminds me, and it brings me back to uh, scripture where in Luke, uh, I think it's Luke 18, where he's talking to the rich young ruler. And he's like, the rich young ruler is talking about, well, what does it take for me to, you know, get really everlasting life to go into eternal life and he goes you need to you need to what it's going to cost you is it's going to cost you everything is to give up what you currently have right um there's a there's there's a scene that you and i we've talked about numerous times about uh from the uh well the um series and I, any of our listeners you guys get a chance to watch this i think it'd be good is the chosen um, yeah, and one of the things that he talks about is he specifically is in reference to John three, where he's talking about he's talking with Nicodemus, right? Yeah, and he's talking to even to Nicodemus, talking about what is it going to cost Nicodemus to really follow, and like what does it really mean to follow follow right. Christ? Right. Nicodemus is in this con- having this conversation of he likes where he's at, the prestige that he has attained it, and and you know. For what he was, Nicodemus was very knowledgeable of the word of God. He was what you would call say, like, man, he was a Christian Christian. Like, at that time, like, he, he knew <laughs> he knew what it was to, to do all the right things. And even so, there's a scene in there that you and I talked about where, like, Nicodemus is looking at Jesus. And he all of a sudden gets, he's like, there's just so much more. And I want to do so much more. But he's caught between a rock and a hard place where he goes, but I'm comfortable with where I'm at. 
And so he, from what we can see and what we see in the scriptures is that Nicodemus chose the latter and he was chose to comfortable. And there's some circumstances that have happened um, that later on we see that, you know, you don't see much of them, of him talking about the Bible, talking about Nicodemus, but you see a lot of scripture and stuff that's talked about of the disciples because of them following Christ. And I'm not saying that that's going to be a, a motivation for us, but to really look at it and say that there is so much more that to go after and, and to pursue mm-hmm. um, and what that cost really means to, to follow, to follow Jesus. Um, there is also, you know, in Luke 9, um, there's 957. Uh, it says the cost of following Jesus. And specifically, I want to read this. It says, as they were going along the road, someone said to them, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to them, well, foxes have holes and birds on, of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And to another, he said, follow me. But then but he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And then Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, but uh, let me first say farewell to those at my home. And then Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. And that's a stark reality for us to really is that we like we just got to put our hand to the plow and continue and continue to push forward and, and get after it. But what we don't realize is what that's going to cost us. Mm-hmm. And it costs us, it's costing us a radical shift from what is comfortable to us. Um, and to, to tie that back into a, you know, again, this is our part too, is what's normal for us is in somewhat is, and I, and I, and I put it this way is, People would prefer to live in sin. They would prefer to live in what is sinful living in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I'll be honest, and I, and I will say to the listeners, and you probably say this too, it, it's easy for us to just want to say, I would rather live in my sinful ways. We, you know, we all sin. And it's easy for us to just cut off, get caught up in like, eh, it'll be okay. I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll live it that way because, you know what, I'm comfortable with what with that Mm. i'm satisfied with that Mm. it's pleasurable to me and i'm using those words specifically because that's that's the that's what makes it seem so good for us and it seems like it's good right but in reality is is it really that good because it it only lasts for so long (laughs) um there is uh in the book radical uh, by david platt one of the things that he talks about is how he's given a story about a, a guy that he basically he was like this guy used to be um i think he was saying he's a guy used to be a drug dealer and stuff mm-hmm. like that and, or and then used to do drugs but he was like he realized he found a new high by literally just reaching people for christ he loved just being able to bless people and and and, and, and helping people mm-hmm. and he found that he found a high in doing that right and I say that to the extreme of like, what do what do we want? Like, there is so much to gain from that in the the goodness of of doing things as a body of Christ, um, and choosing relationships uh, and choosing to love on people. So, yeah, like I guess you know, talking about that and going into how this is our part two. What 
practically what does that look like for you Ashton or it looks like for us you know and I'd love to share kind of with our listeners kind of where we're kind of looking at doing here in the near in your future um, specifically within our uh, our small group yeah <clears throat> let me just add one thing before I answer that yeah. question specifically yeah. okay Dave so I, I heard what you said and you even backed it up with some verses in there which is interesting but what did Jesus say? I want to hear what Jesus said. And I want to know, not just from stuff that you have derived from scriptures, I want to hear what he said. Well, I'm going to tell you. In Matthew 22, verse 34, it says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. How many, how many was it to say, Dave? How many, how many law and prophets hang on this? I mean, how many? All. All. So wait a minute. Time out. Let's back up. So the teachers and the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, like these were smart people. These people knew the rules and the regulations. They knew what was up. Okay. And then Jesus says the most important thing is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he says the second commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. And it says everything else hangs on these two commandments. So if I'm truly loving the Lord with all that I am as a being, and then I, because of that, I then have love for my neighbor. That's what I'm called and required to do. And so, I don't think Jesus wants us to think that by doing things, we're able to get to him. He's saying, no, 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 no. Love me with who you are and care for those around you. Because that's what I've asked you to do. That's what I've called you to do. And so, I just wanted to, to express that, that... That's where my heart is on this topic. And that's where I want to reside is doing what Jesus asked us to do. And because of that, and you and I have talked about this to answer the question, is that I just felt so convicted and called, whatever word you want to use, for those in my community who may have uh, less than I have, you know, on a, on a material uh, basis, but I really know that I want them to know Jesus and I want them to have a relationship with him. And so, um, something we're hoping to do within, um, our small group that we have is, you know, really, um, create some, you know, little care packages and, and, you know, talk to homeless folks and, and give them things they can use. But most importantly, tell them that they have a a loving heavenly father 
who desires to have a relationship with them and that he cares about them more than they could possibly even fathom um, because that's the truth and that they would hopefully hear his word, hear that word in Matthew and they would learn to love him with their mind, body, soul, and spirit. Um, I think something to go with that is and something that I think was is the crux of it, right, is we've talked about this, love God, love others, right? But exactly what you just said and what that leans on was that those to that commandment of if we truly, truly love God, um, and the way I put this and I put this in perspective is my kid or way I, because I love my parents and like my kid look because they love me, they will do anything that I ask of them because of how much they love me <laughs> and they care about. Right. Right. And I will do anything for my parents because of how much I love and I care for them. Right. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes we don't listen to them, <laughs> yeah. but in the, in the grand scheme of things, if they command me to do something, I do it because I know that they have the best interests at heart. Now, some people will say, well, I don't have a loving father. We can get into that on another topic. Sure. But the simple fact of it is, is that if I love something or if I love someone so much, I love my wife so much, I'm going to do what she, what she would like. And because I love them, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And because of what God because we love God so much we're going to do what Jesus commanded us to do and we're also with that we're the outpouring of that is going to be so great because we've asked that we want to have the heart of Jesus we want to have that heart we we're we ask God to um, have the desire of you know to know what breaks his heart and in doing so that like, again you just gave a practical way of what what we're doing and how how we're trying to go about to to understand the heart of God um, but that's truly when when we're talking about what church is 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 being the heart of heart of God is understanding the heart of God and showing them what it is to be in love with with something is be in love with someone so much that it changes and wrecks your life in a good in a good way, and and, and like you said, mind, body, soul, spirit. Like it doesn't just you know we talk about it and you've heard some people say prosperity gospel, all this other stuff. But basically, we're saying this like God will bless you. God will bless you beyond what you can imagine mm-hmm. by simply just doing that by loving by loving Him and doing what He what He says. He will bless you, and it's not a it's not a monetary thing. It's not what we're trying to get here. There, we've talked and we said with some of our friends about there's a peace that surpasses all understanding, and there is a peace that surpasses all understanding. There's there's parts of scripture we've talked about here recently where we were talking about in Hebrews, Hebrews four and five, we're talking about a rest. Well, you'll find rest by just following and being obedient to God's word and what God has asked. And and there's multiple scripture pieces of scripture that talks about that that we, you know we will say but jesus even said that that's what we were talking about is mm-hmm. that he's exactly what he just said and what you said in that piece of scripture of loving god with all, all with all all you have is really the the, the deepest part mm-hmm. and everything else is, is taken care of and so i want to challenge our listeners um and and this is for Dave and I as well. I want to challenge you guys. I want to leave you with this. Pick somebody in your life this week. 
pick someone in your life who you know um, would be shocked that you chose to show them radical kindness this week. I want you to pick one person. Take a minute. Think about that person. I want you to pray for them. And I want you to show them radical kindness this week. Um, and I think it will, you will be amazed what God will do with that moment. 